Always by my friend, business partner, and someone I might mention who doesn't always correct me on my grammar when I really mess it up. And uh, this time around, you, you you didn't. Well, this time around, I got it right because I was joined by and not with. I'll be honest; I don't listen until you say my name. So you could you could change this up any way you want. You could have all the grammatical errors you want, unless you say Jason Johnston Yellen. I I haven't tuned in yet. <laughs> so I'm joined today. And as always, by my friend and business partner, Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. Hello! Thank you for that <laughs> splendid introduction. That is very much appreciated. Oh, man. You are a very kind, kind-hearted that. man. Yeah. Uh, it's like Pavlov's dogs, but the ring is your name. Like, oh, <laughs> ring. oh, hey, there it is. That's what I got to do now. As I think the listeners can attest to, Joshua has all the best words um, and so the, the the very best of his words are the Jason Johnston Yellen words. So, <laughs> um, so normally at this point, I would say, Joshua, what are we doing today? And today I'm going to say I am very excited uh-huh. to cover today's topic. I am too. Because it's going to give us a chance to tell a little bit of our history, a little bit of what brought us to this moment um, our origin story gets to be discussed along with Lucas Dinowiak. Yes, I think. I can't pronounce Polish names. It just doesn't work. I've did, told you the Poles, tell, did you tell him that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, every Polish person I meet, I tell them their, their name doesn't work. They've got to fix it for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just treat it the same as Scott. I just say it quickly. That's it. Look at Dinoviak. And and we get to talk about his origin story and how he moved from Edinburgh Whiskey Blog into becoming the global brand ambassador for Inverhouse Distilleries. Spoiler alert. None of us were bitten by a spider. So I was. Oh, right. (laughs) This is how it started? I didn't know about this. (laughs) Yeah, my nose glows. When I sample whiskey. It's Jason the room. <laughs> right? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Is that your Spider-Man intro music? How did you get back to Christmas? The goal was to avoid Christmas. Oh, was it? That's you not my goal. Why, why do you hate Christmas so much? <laughs> so we discuss <clears throat> origin story. With uh, with Lucas a little bit. Yeah, it's it's fun. One of the things you and I uh, encountered starting up the company, having a lot of interviews, uh, is that we kept returning to the origin story. Yeah. Every interviewer wanted to cover the origin story, and you and I started moving away from it. Um, it was it was more a case of let's let's just jump into talking about the whiskey that's in front of you. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about how that whiskey came to be in front of you, rather than our origin story, and yet. Here we are with our own podcast, happily talking away to Lucas, now covering a little bit of the origin story that didn't come up in some of those interviews, uh, what it was like to be uh, a fledgling blogger. 
yeah. and what it was like getting to know other fledgling bloggers and a bunch of people who had access to the internet uh, and whiskey in their glass uh, to steal your poetic line. Yeah. It, uh, how, how, how they really became friends yeah. and, and, and started sharing a common interest. Am I, am I correct in saying that when we started our blogs, they may have been referred to as weblogs? Uh, I think you still call yours weblog. I don't think you can help yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not even sure what they were called. But we were 12 happy bloggers. 12 happy bloggers doing happy blogging things. It was. It was funny. And never, a, never a plan in our heads about what this was going to be, just that we, we had whiskey and we had a... Uh, uh, an opportunity to tell people what we thought about that whiskey. Well, <clears throat> part part of the reason for for starting the company was was out of jealousy. Mm. It's jealousy of you. All right. If I'm being Good. frank. Holy moly! Yeah. C- can I still be Jason? You, you can still be Jason. You can be Jason Johnson Yellen if you like. Oh yes. So hey. what are we talking about? Carry on. <laughs> Uh, You've got my undivided attention. You're, you were saying you were jealous of uh, me. Yeah, of you and, and, and what you had built in your own local community of having this you mm. know, really well-established whiskey group, a society, right? Um, what was the name of your – what is the – because it's still going. What's the name uh, of the society? So it's the Single Malt Whiskey Society of the Palouse. Of the Palouse. So, uh, and, yeah. and at the point at which I started blogging, I was five years into running that, uh, we'd already had, what would that be, 30 meetings yeah. um, of that Palouse Whiskey Society, um, a, a society that was born uh, out of my endeavors at the University of Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where we, you know, we had our uh, society over there and we, we did a little bit of bottling over there. What do you mean? As in, we drove a car to the Glenfarclas Distillery, put an octave into the the trunk or the boot, the boot as we call it, right, right. and uh, drove it back to our halls of residence. Stuck a, a plastic tube in the bunghole, yeah, yeah, and started sucking, as we say, Americans say sucking, but we would suck it, suck it out, and uh, and honestly, in a dorm room, we would fill sixty bottles of whiskey legally. Uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to you know throw around a word like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing. Given hard, that we were siphoning whiskey out of an octave, yeah. I really doubt what we were doing was legal. Um, but then, yeah, well, then we had our own society label, and uh, we'd stick that on. And wow. so this was in nineteen ninety nine, and we sold single cask. Mm-hmm. Cast strength Glenfarclas, uh, twelve years old, for twenty two pounds a bottle. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Look at yep. that! Yep. And for people who couldn't afford that, we also sold half bottles, and the half bottle was fifteen pounds. Wow! I know, and I, I remember my dad came through. So my, my dad famously drank you know terrible blends, and I remember he came through to to my flat in Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. And he, he would always comment, you, you drink better whiskey than I do. And I would always say, that's because you drink crap whiskey. Um, <laughs> but but I gave him a pour of this brand spanking new single cask and Farkless that yeah. we just bought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and for my dad, cask strength whiskey 
Oh shit! Yeah, was always rocket fuel. Yeah. Um, because here he is drinking terrible blends at forty percent alcohol and diluting them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I give him a a, a pour of cast strength Glenfarclas straight from the octave, and he just he looks at it and it's ruby red, yeah, amazing sure. color. And he goes, "Oh, that that looks great, son. That looks great." And uh, my dad doesn't sound anything like that. And um, and then he takes a drink of it and. And gives his famous oh 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 oh, 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 oh as good stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was that was it was fun stuff. And so I I see what you had, and you had been running for a long time in my local group. Um, you know, I I didn't have it as together with my group as you did. Your group was comprised of, and is still comprised of, utter whiskey nerds yeah. who, want, yep. who want to learn and and continue to learn. And my group at the time was a group of great, they're, they're still great people, <laughs> you know, who, <laughs> who, who, uh, who really enjoyed whiskey and liked talking about whiskey. But I was at the level that you were at, that your society members were at, where it was, I, I want to uncover everything about this thing called whiskey. And mm-hmm. I, I want to go down that rabbit hole. And and I simply did not have it. And I looked at what you had, and, and I thought, how can I make this happen? I can't do it with my local group. And I thought, well, what if I had, what if I created some sort of a national group of people? Mm, and, interesting. and right so my initial thought was you know i can tie it around you know connect it with the blog and and we you know we share whiskeys and we we share conversations virtually but that just didn't seem to make sense and um you know you and i i, I had started you know discovering independent bottlings and, and you were already well established with your knowledge of independent bottlers um, so after a couple of years of that, I, I thought, why not do something with that, with independent bottling? And my, my, the members of my national group would be people who would, you know, pretty much the same people who come to my blog that say, you know, I, Joshua liked this whiskey. I'm interested in that. I'd be curious to buy it. Or he didn't like this whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to be interested in that. And And so I thought that could be a really interesting idea. And so then it was... Thanksgiving Day, right? It was, 2010. Yeah, 2010, where I said, forget your family. <laughs> step, step away from the Thanksgiving table. I have a proposition for you that is, it's not a sexual proposition. <laughs> but for... For the first time, it wasn't. That was that was the most <laughs> shocking thing about that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I couldn't think of anyone better uh, than, than yourself to, to, to join me. You in, just didn't think long enough. You know, I didn't think long enough. <laughs> Literally hundreds of people. Time, <laughs> if I can find you know, I don't look nearly as good. As Cher does in that. That was that, that was yeah. That 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 video came along at a very important time in my life. 
it was it was remarkable yeah, yeah. my goodness yeah my yeah. my family had just got satellite tv mm. which means we had just got mtv all right uh which meant yeah i was oh that that yeah. video was emblazoned in my mind yeah. so. I, I, I gotta hand it to you you I, I, I did. I did many times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, with so, that said, yeah. let's jump into the interview. Dun, dun, dun. No, there's stuff I want to say before the interview. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Don't jump into the interview. <laughs> but, 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 so, so that is really how it started. You know, two guys with, two guys with blogs. One guy with a really, really well-established society, another guy who wanted one desperately. Uh, and also, you know, I was a, a bit frustrated in, in my own job. Mm. You know, it would have been nice to turn something I'm so passionate about into a job. And, and I'm being very honest when I say the first person that popped into mind was you. And, and you know... When I say the first person who popped in my mind, the first person who popped into my mind to join me in a company was you. And Thank you. Yeah, you know it was. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's interesting, actually. The the stuff you're sharing right now, I never actually knew. Um, for for all the years that we've been running this company, <laughs> I I knew that I knew I was the first person you thought of, and I knew there was something that you know a level of knowledge that I had that that you really wanted uh, involved but I, I didn't yeah. know it had anything to do with the society that had been running on the Palouse I, oh, I really yeah. didn't that's brand yeah. spanking new information that's a special moment I'm a little bit humbled right now hey yeah and uh, you know I got to meet many of your your members oh yeah um, and you know uh, when did I meet them first I think I met them I met them in 2010 right must have you must have um, maybe was, maybe the maybe the darker winter months yeah yeah so uh yeah it was december sometime at carl's house yep right yeah just, just yep. A carl great time. continues hosting to this day carl has built an extension onto his house to host whiskey society <laughs> that's that's how serious my guys are wow. that's why yeah, they've been tremendous supporters of mine but it, it's interesting though i never once thought about monetizing my interest in whiskey no never once um you know starting out doing the the whiskey society at university of aberdeen mm -hmm. uh, moving to the united states and establishing the the smwsp up on the palouse uh, over in eastern washington northern idaho um to starting to blog and and people kept saying like did you you know was it always your goal to get into the whiskey industry and it was the farthest thing from my mind. I was, I was teaching philosophy. Uh, my wife was working on her master's and her PhD. Yeah. And, and and I was I was, you know, very happily teaching away with whiskey projects on the side. And uh, it really was the case that that when you and I had that conversation on Thanksgiving Day 2010, when I walked back into the house and I took my wife Tamara to the side and said. I think I've just had a life-changing conversation with Joshua. Uh, and she said, really? <laughs> really? And I, and I told her what the, the plan was, and, and she was absolutely behind it. Um, 
it was it was remarkable it, it was as simple as that yeah. and then it was everything that we've done over the next over seven the next years, years yeah uh, to be where we are today um but yeah it, it blew me away when you when you presented that offer you you made a, a very interesting point about never wanting to to monetize you know your your blog or or your love for whiskey i i wouldn't say that i got got it into my head that i need to make a buck around, around this it was more it was more a situation of while i loved the people that i worked with and did my job well um the passion wasn't there in in my day job you know, there's the old saying that you ne- you never work a day in your life if you love what you work, you know, if you love your work. And I, I paraphrased and destroyed that, but the sentiment is there. And <laughs> You did. I was just sitting quietly thinking that to myself. Yeah. What, what's the actual quote? <laughs> I don't know. What did you say? <laughs> Jason Johnston Yellen. Oh, yes. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm the guy who couldn't remember the name of Little Jack Horner. So oh man, don't come to me for. Uh, <laughs> for- <laughs> but but it it was me thinking I would really love to be passionate about what I do to feed my family. Yeah, right. I yeah. I, I, I wanted I wanted a a hobby to become my profession and. Yeah. And and that's that's what I set out to do, you know, never to be Doctor Evil Rich, you know, yeah. you know this 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 was me just following a passion and and you know asking you to to come along on that ride. Yeah, no, and I, and I think in in terms of that timing, I was still very passionate about philosophy mm-hmm. um, at, at that time, and it was only when I started teaching on one hand and building this business on the other. Um, that aspects of teaching philosophy started to wear on me, yeah. um, and and got to a point, excuse me, and got to a point where grading another paper uh, was going to be the end of me. Uh, sitting in on another department meeting was going to be the end of me. Yeah. Uh, dealing with with upper administration was going to be the the end of me. And I and I think just as as philosophy started to to wear on me, I had an established company to make a sideways move into, mm-hmm. um, and the, the the timing was just ideal on that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad we had the conversation in 2010. I'm glad we kicked off membership in 2012. I'm glad we've launched retail in 2017. Um, <laughs> oh, that's what we never did it. We never did our list. Here we are. How many minutes into the podcast? We never told the listeners we, what it is, what, what it we is, do when we do it. <laughs> I hear we're talking bloody origin wow. story. Jason, uh, how how are we even able to form <laughs> full and proper sentences I, without I want to know right now how many listeners are had been wondering what had happened to the list yes. and when they were gonna hear yes. it. Questions at one nation under How many of yeah. you we're thinking to yourselves, self, where is the list that the, yeah. Joshua and Jason always talk about? Yeah. Is this a new wrinkle? In episode seven, do they stop wow. listing what it is, that, what they do, when they do it? Wow. Holy moly. So it's it's what it is, what we do, that we do. 
I need on a t-shirt. When you give it to me on a t-shirt, I will learn it in the right order. I'm not going to lie to you. I've got t-shirts in the works. Okay, please send me one. I'm, I'm ready for that on a t-shirt. So please make it happen. What it is, what we do, that we do. So Jason, <laughs> what is it what we do that we do? <laughs> I love that. That's so good. I love the fact that it just arose organically from your from your inability to grapple with the English language. I just love that. Terrible. Organic. I'm terrible. You know, so I got A's. Terrible. I got A's in American English. That's my problem. I took American English. That, yeah. yeah. Epic. We also took American geography. We learned in episode six that you aced <laughs> American geography. So <laughs> your American subjects are spot on. You, 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 say, you say that as if there's another geography. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, Joshua. Don't you worry. <laughs> so what it is, what we do. That uh, we do. In an independent bottling company called Single Cast Nation that mm-hmm. has online membership, direct to member sales, and now has a retail line in stores. More later in the news segment. We run a whiskey festival called Whiskey Jubilee that is in New York, Chicago, and Seattle. Mm-hmm. New York coming up June 15, getting ever closer. And we run Whiskey Geek Tours of Scotland called Whiskey Geek Tours. <laughs> That's good. And, and what's the fourth thing that we do, Joshua? You are not going to believe this, but we record and publish a podcast called Ta-da. one nation under whiskey that's us four yeah. things yeah four things do we do okay. anything else i don't think we do anything else do, do we do it? we're dads All we right. are husbands mm-hmm. we are sons um we're sons of something <laughs> let's get to the show <laughs> Can I just ask really quickly, are, are there like fighter planes outside your house right now? So it's so it's interesting. Uh, we have a rather large backyard. Hey now. Uh, and I have te- <laughs> and I have terrible allergies. And uh, my wife is a very, very, very busy person. And so we actually have a team who cut our grass. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know for a fact, Joshua, that you also have a rather large yard. And don't and, you, and you're giving me a bit of the foie foie foies on this one. I know that you have a ride on mower. I do. I do. I save I save my pennies and I got mm-hmm. a ride on mower. And the first time I used it, it has a one of those beer holders. So uh-huh. I was so excited! So I got it. <laughs> I got a cigar, and uh, promptly lit that up. Um, I wore a white T-shirt. Uh huh. Right? You and Hank was, Hill. Yeah. You and so, Hank uh-huh. Hill. I've, yeah, I'm seeing this in my head. I know exactly what you look like when you cut your grass on your right on mower. I was actually hoping that the right on mower would come with a white T-shirt, but it didn't. I had to. I had to get my oh, own. I find that quite shocking. Yeah, I know. Huh. So do I. Huh. Um, and uh, and then I got a beer, which, so you'll know. I hope it was a PBR. No, no. I, I You better um, not be putting craft in your ride-on mower holder. It was craft. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. I should have done no. PBR. Yeah, Either, it should be PBR. Re- regardless, it should be a Peebs. Regardless of what the beer was. There was more grass in my beer 
than there was <laughs> in my in my grass bags. So it it became uh, an undrinkable. Oh, interesting. Can. Yeah. Interesting. I never never imagined it going like that. Yeah. Hmm. So let's move on because <laughs> that's, well, that turned into a sadder tale than I ever imagined. It a ruined craft beer. Yeah. We're moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun. Come share it with me. Moving right along. You and I, we talked about this the other day, have been friends online in some shape or form, whether it was Edinburgh Whiskey Blog, right? Yeah. Uh, and Jewish Single Malt Whiskey Society, and you were part of the... Um, the whiskey roundtable. Do you remember the whiskey yes, roundtable? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you ended up moving on from Edinburgh Whiskey Blog, and you were doing. Um, well, I'll let you talk about it. But you started working with uh, Anach and old uh, old Pulteney and Bal Blair. C- mm. Can you talk about your transition to that and what you're doing with the distilleries now? Yeah, um, I think people envy me a lot. You know. Um, because that transition was smooth and it happened really early on for me. And you know, um, you see people come up and, and ask the same question time and time again, how do you get your foot in the door? Mm-hmm. And I think people struggle with this a little bit. Um, whiskey industry is a funny industry in Scotland and a lot of people who work for the industry for the love of whiskey rather than because of a sort of, you know a, a pre-existing skill set or academic background those people get into the industry in unorthodox ways yeah. you know it's really not about sending out hundreds of CVs and, and and trying to go through recruitment agencies a lot of the time I mean nine times out of ten should a brand education or a creative um, or a, you know brand development role arise yeah it'll be filled before it's advertised you know um so yeah, but for, for me, Edinburgh Whiskey Blog was the first step. When I was at uni, um, I started working for the Scotch Whiskey Heritage Centre um, up on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. I met Chris Hoban there, mm-hmm. um, also Chris White, um, um, you know, Graham Gardner, Jason Thompson. So all these guys that I ended up blogging with, we all met at, um, at the Scotch Whiskey Centre. Um, and Chris Hoban and I, we started Edinburgh Whiskey Blog, I think, the idea came to us late in 2008 and we started blogging early 2009 Uh, and I don't think I ever said this to anyone but the original idea that the two of us had um, was to build a blog and then to actually run with um, um, you know whiskey tours like a whiskey touring company oh right yeah so that that was actually one of the original ideas but but you know the blog took off and it, it, it sort of it started living its own life and you know we built up a little bit of following um, I feel that because we were you know some of the first blogs among the first blogs through the door um, we had a lot of pickup and a lot of respect and a lot of love from the industry and one of the things that we decided to do very early on um, was not to sugarcoat it and not to mm-hmm. um, I mean we, we, we ended up um, uh, tailoring the profile of Edinburgh Whiskey Blog slightly differently in, in recent years. I'm, I'm no longer involved. Uh, but in those first formative years, you know, we were quite brutal. And if we didn't like something, we, we told people. I remember that dearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think um, 
maybe whiskey companies didn't realize just how small we were originally and it just scared the bejesus out of them you know yeah. um, uh, so we, 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 we made a lot of industry contacts and, and we met a lot of you know fantastic people uh, so when I graduated from uni um, it was really the case of knocking on the doors of people that I knew and loved um, and one of those people was um, uh, Ian Baxter from from Inverhouse Distillers yeah, um, sure. um, and uh, we had uh, um, a slightly boozy lunch uh, one uh, one Sunday afternoon and um, uh, and I ended up uh, uh, you know coming on board to do some online stuff and some brand ambassadoring as well on the side but originally it was a lot of com- community management it was a little bit of social media um, and so I set up a little PR agency called uh, Alembic Communications and yeah. at a very tender age straight straight out of university I, I started consulting with these you know big international whiskey brands and for me it was eye-opening it was a very steep learning curve it was an amazing experience and, and, and I learned so much so I did that before 2010 um, from 2010 until 2015 um, and I had you know other things on the side and other projects that took me in this direction or that uh, but these Inverhouse brands so Anok Old Pulteney Balblair Spayburn but also Hanky Bannister Cato's Blended mm. Whiskey these brands were sort of you know at the heart of what I did uh, during that time uh, and in 2015 um, you know we sat down with um, the marketing director Karen Walker at International Beverage and we decided it was time for me to you know um, become a big boy and yeah, uh, to graduate <laughs> yeah to graduate yeah, to yeah. get to get a, yeah, a salary a company laptop <laughs> a business card and uh, <laughs> and the generous travel allowance and, and, and that's oh, me wow. now so I am very fortunate to be the global brand ambassador for these wonderful brands and um, have been for nearly two years and um, yeah congratulations thank that. you thank you it's interesting to me that there are some names that can make or break a brand or a style of whiskey. Yeah. What was yeah, ja- what was Japanese whiskey before Jim Murray had said, "Oh, this Yamazaki 2013 sherry cask is is the whiskey of the world." Now every single you know these whiskeys are untouchable. That used to be a sixty-five pound bottle. <laughs> I, right? I lament that. I lament that to this day. Right. So basically, a hundred-dollar bottle that yeah. now is on shelves for around twelve hundred, but that's the suggested retail price. But sells for somewhere around thirty-two hundred. So, mental. so you know the, the the power that some of these names have. Yeah, and and I would say that was a classic example of. You and I have been drinking that exact release for year. years and years and years, yeah. right? Yeah. Very happily, I would pour it from my whiskey society up in the Palouse. Everybody loved it. Everybody went about their business. We knew that Japanese whiskey was good whiskey. Yeah. We could speak to other folk, you know, not just in the industry, but just folk who loved whiskey, who knew that Japanese whiskey was good whiskey. Good whiskey, yeah. But it's when it was then presented front and center to the general public that's what allowed it to completely yeah. explode. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, and that's the same. Lucas talks about it in the interview, but that's the exact same with the old Paltney 21. Exactly. Um, both, both you and I agree the 17 is a better whiskey than the 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may have had conversations with people at old Paltney who agree that the 17 is a better whiskey than the 21, but they cannot keep the 21-year-old in stock. No, <laughs> right? simply cannot. Right? right, and on the day that the news broke... They completely sold out on site. Every 
online retailer in the United Kingdom sold out. Every brick and mortar retailer in the United Kingdom sold out. Yeah. It was a banner day for all Paltney 21-year-old because the general public found out that that was a good whiskey from Jim Murray. From one guy. But I think back to, was it 2011 or 2012 when uh, Jim Murray called Old Pulteney 21, you know, the, the whiskey of the year. What's the longevity of, of such a claim about a whiskey? In terms of the World Whiskey of the Year accolades, which Jim um, awarded us um, for his 2015, uh, 2012, sorry, Whiskey Bible, which, which came, they come out the, the year prior, so it came out in 2011. We are finding that this still resonates yeah, okay. uh, with the consumer. Um, so yeah, you know, people joke, people say, oh, you're still milking it. Yes, we're still mil- milking it because there's still value in it. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, people still remember that and people still come up to the stand. And if, if that 21-year-old Pultney bottle is not on the table, they'll say, do you have 21 under the table? Because they want to try it and, and taste it and retaste it time and time again. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful product and it can only be a good thing that we had uh, that spotlight you know, put firmly on the 21. But we found what's really important for us is that that actually had a knock-on effect on the younger expressions. So mm. people are more open uh, about the 12-year-old, about the no-age-statement navigator, mm. and people want to try those as well. And actually... Um, Old Pulteney range is structured in a way where there's a lot of family resemblance between those age points and there's a very clear line of sight from even the oldest expressions yeah. to even the youngest yeah. um, it's an incredible little portfolio in that in that respect that there's you know th- th- there's really a lot of family resemblance and that strong Pulteney DNA which is that slightly waxy yeah. chocolatey style with a little bit of that um, um, you know almost savoury maritime salty yeah. sea yeah. air character um, that really runs through the range from from you know the, the eight nine year old casks of navigator all the way to the forty year old and yeah. beyond. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so in this respect, I think people people switch on to the fact that this is a, a lineup which is interesting at just about every price yeah. point wherever you start. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know what that is right? As, as the Nolans very kindly emailed to tell me, it's little Jack Horner pulling his thumb. Out with a plum. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Thank you, Michael and Bonnie Nolan. I whipped all the plumas and sniffing my thumb and applied rotation on a sugar plum. <laughs> I cannot believe that I completely blanked on that in an earlier episode. Just completely not to look. So in, in honor of Lucas, but also in in honor of Richard Urquhart. Oh. But also in honor of Ryan Maloney and the Go Whiskey Weekend, I have poured a very special bottling. And this is a Gordon McPhail single cask of Bal Blair. Nice. So Bal Blair Whiskey, uh, Bal Blair being one of the distillery that Lucas represents. Hmm. Gordon McPhail, we just had our conversation with Richard. And, um, and, well, I, and, and, and in your interview, yeah, I think you... You did a nice job of asking Lucas about how his brands, his distilleries, feel about independent bottling. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a it was a good time to ask that question, and it, I thought he gave a he gave a very good answer. What sort of value do you put on independent bottlers and what they can do for your brand? We always 
find those independent bottlings tremendously interesting. And, and yeah, we've seen some from uh, Duncan Taylor. We've seen some from Scotch Moe Whiskey Society as well. It's interesting to see what happens to those casks when they're actually taken away from Wick, away from the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that that heaviness, that you know, meaty, very flavoursome spirit matures extremely well um, yeah. away from the distillery as well. Um, for Pulteney to be old Pulteney, it must be matured by us. And that is obviously our focus. That's, that's mm-hmm. what we do. Um, but independent bottling is always, always interesting, and I, I think I think there will always be, you know, uh, an important and strong place on the market for independent bottlers. Um, if an independent bottler can offer something different and something interesting, if if they can introduce a new drinker to the distillery, then obviously this is for mutual benefit. Right. You know? Yeah. I see what you're asking, but. Um, there isn't that much Pulteney juice out there bottled no, by independent yeah. bottlers. Yeah. 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 No, no, there, there isn't. And I hope you don't think that I was asking you if we can no. buy casks from you. <laughs> um, that, that wasn't it. I just, yeah. it was just curious to know as someone who yeah. is, you know, your role is to, in a way, be a face, a face for the brand to introduce people to, like you had said, create many brand ambassadors that are going to bring five of their friends who are going to bring five of their friends. And then you've got independent bottlings of them, you know, that can introduce people to your brand in another way, or they already know you and they find these other ones and it's just deepening their love for your for your brand. I think, you know, there's that hashtag going around, um, whis- Whiskey Fabric, which... which um I think sometimes it's used maybe a bit out of context, but th- there's something to it, you know. Mm. There's um, um, there's that underlying um, fabric and, and, and texture uh, we are all part of, um, and I think the uh, success of an independent bottler can only ever be a good thing for for a distiller uh, and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know Mark Watt. You mentioned you, you interviewed him for one of the past podcast he jokes sometimes about you know independent bottlers sort of uh, um, you know having a hard time when the distillers are doing well and then being that sort of you know um, saving grace for the industry when the when the distillers are not doing so well and yeah maybe there is something to it um, but there's no there's no bad blood you know (laughs) (laughs) getting back to our origin story yes sir um so what what have we mentioned? We mentioned that you went to university. I did. Right? I did. University right. of Aberdeen. Right. Bottled an octave. Bottled an octave. You sucked it. <laughs> sucked it. Good job, buddy. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it, it starts off, as far as you and I are concerned, it starts off where we were a couple of guys that had whiskey in our glasses and access to the internet. As simple as that. Right. And and people started reading our blogs and, and we started getting friendly with, with these bloggers. Yep. And, uh, you know, one thing that I remember quite fondly was you and I getting on the phone to discuss what samples could we trade. Like, yep. it was, oh, it, yeah. It was, you know, we really wanted to keep the blog going. But where were the samples coming from, right? What's, what's going to feed yeah. the beast? Yeah, yeah. We're going to go through our own collections here, and then what's next? Yeah, yeah. It's, and and to this day, neither one of us has successfully gone through all of their samples. No. Oh God, no. Nowhere near. 
<laughs> and it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm officially out of the samples receiving business now. Um, part of it, and this this is you did you did me a foie 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 earlier. This this is another foie 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 moment. Is uh, I have too much whiskey to drink. <laughs> even for the company, right? I've I've got a a box. It looks like a shoebox, but it's not a shoebox. But I, it's that kind of shape and size that sits under my desk here. Yeah. And those are the samples that I'm currently working on for the company, just the company. And it is overflowing uh, right now. The, yeah. the thought of also getting to samples that are being sent by brands, the, the thought of sending each other different samples. Here's, so here's, here's something that is honestly a little disappointing, but... The goal of this podcast is to be honest, and so I'm going to be honest. When I was, and we're talking origin story, when I was a, a fledgling whiskey blogger, mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to taste everything, try everything, have a, a finger on the pulse yeah. of the industry. I wanted to know who was releasing what. And I would go to shows, or I would, I would you know, start to, to meet some of the ambassadors in bars and things like that. And I would want to have that whiskey conversation with them. Yeah. And I was always astounded that outside of their own brand, they really had had not much to say. Yeah. Um, this is obviously isn't true for everybody, but there was there were a lot of them where they 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 knew their brand. That was their sole focus, and the whiskey conversation never got off the ground. And that's why I kind of I think as bloggers we started to to speak to each other more. Mm -hmm. Is that we were all doing the same thing. We all had our finger on the pulse since running the company. And, you know, pl planning, scheduling, new releases, the upcoming uh, releases, getting a handle on, well, if we've done that type of release, now we've got to do this type of release. I'm so focused on our company mm -hmm. that my ability to have that deeper whiskey conversation is waning. Wow. I know. So you used so many words just to say I'm getting old. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was getting no i thought it was being busy all <laughs> oh, right right busy okay <laughs> but but that's that's the thing about having conversations with you where you're in so many retail stores uh as as part of the work that you do with impex yeah 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 that's, <laughs> that's right that's a good point yeah. that the i think you've you've got your finger on on a different pulse where you're you're very dialed into what's happening in the industry uh you're very knowledgeable on what's being released yeah but it's not the conversation that we used to have which was oh i tasted this thing and that was great and yeah. it made me think of that thing and over there and it's it's a different conversation now um and for me i you know i i know so much more now about single casks and maturation and even even distillation and mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. going and visiting distilleries and you know i've visited more distilleries in the last 3 years than i've visited in my life uh, up to that point and i i th i think it's swapping out one kind of knowledge for another kind mm -hmm. of knowledge mm -hmm. um, and i'm i'm trying to be okay because i defined myself for so many years on the blogging presence yeah that now i'm trying to be okay not defining myself in that way but 
having a good handle on our business, which yeah. <laughs> given that that's the money making enterprise that we're engaged in, um, <laughs> it's good to have the pulse on our own company. It, it is good. And uh, it, just to be, you know, um, fully transparent, this is something that we've never discussed before. You and I start off our podcast listing out what what it is, what we do that we do. <laughs> I've I've never really mentioned um anything about my work with Impex. Nope. Uh at all because it, you know for the most part it doesn't have much to do with this podcast, I guess. But but it, it does today. It makes it perfect sense. So you you're talking you're talking to Lucas about you know where did he get the foothold? Yeah. How did that build and develop? I've spoken about where did I get that foothold? How did that develop? And then you a couple of years ago, um Mhm. A year ago, two years. How ago. long is it? Two years now. Two years ago, um, left your 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 daytime job of twelve years. To, uh, eleven years. Eleven years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Left your daytime job of eleven years. Eleven. And uh, and committed yourself to to Impex. Yeah. Yeah. That's, for those for those that don't know what what Impex Beverages is, um, just just really briefly, whiskey has to get into the U.S. in some way, shape, or form through an importation company. And so Impex is an importation company uh, that imports Kilhoman single malt, Isla single malt, Tamdu, exclusive malts. That's uh, one of the reasons that we know David Sterk so well. Um, so his uh, exclusive malts, so his line, and uh, an Isle of Sky, which is a pretty cracking blend. So that's what I do, uh, other than all of this other stuff, what it is, what I do that, that we do. <laughs> Did you have Tam Do in your list? Yeah. Okay. I just think Tam Do is cracking. It's just yes, I'm mentioning it to everybody these days. Yeah, can't blame you. I'm glad. So, so, so yeah. So that that was a that was a similar thing, right? You went from a guy with access to the internet who then started his own independent bottling company to working for an importer. Yeah. Uh, you've you've got a very well established whiskey life now. Um, and it all came from being a guy with access to the internet with whiskey in your glass. You know, I don't. I don't think any of us getting into blogging way back when had thought this is my stepping stone to X. I, I'm glad you say that because I, I think that's a very important point. And and I think you know, coming back to we talked a little bit about blogging ethics, where I I would. I would not want to be somebody who now sees what Sam Simmons pulled off, what Jason and Joshua pulled off, what Lucas and Chris pulled off, uh, and then start start a blog so that they can pull that off. If the blog is not a legitimate enterprise that comes from your soul, Mm -hmm. I don't think you should start. Because I, I don't think you're going to get the following that you want. I don't think you're going to get the brands that you want. I don't think you're going to parlay it into any kind of gig. Now now I am sounding old. Now I'm giving unsolicited advice to young people. <laughs> <laughs> this is an officially old moment. <laughs> yeah, it, there, you know, there could be older people looking to start a blog. So I wouldn't be so uh, ageist. <laughs> but they're probably not going to try and parlay it into a full-time career. There you go. That's that's a good point. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, okay. I will I will take my advice and I will stick it up my arse, uh, which is always good for. So 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 what started off as a, as a conversation around my interview with Lucas parlayed a bit into our origin story, or, or maybe it was vice versa. Parlayed into creating a or, or, or converting a blog to a career then parlayed into blogging ethics. This this particular podcast has hit many different points. <clears throat> so I hope people followed us through all of these threads. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure they did. People are smart. They're, they're smart people. I, I trust our listeners. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the tricky thing when we just kind of sit down with a glass of whiskey and start mm -hmm. a conversation. Whoever knows where a conversation's going to go. And uh, and here we are. Well, with you and I, there's usually a dick joke involved. I did. My friend Jared was saying to me last night, I've noticed that there's not that many dick jokes in your podcast. Oh, man. And I said, having a reference to a dick joke in our description, is it's kind of a meta dick joke that just runs through everything. Right? The, the dick joke is not having dick jokes. <laughs> Meta dick joke. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's an album title if I've ever heard one. <laughs> uh, um, so there we go. Yeah, it was good. Um, good having a conversation with Lucas. Nice for you and I to to revisit the part of our origin story that actually a lot of people haven't asked us about, and that yep. is you know two bloggers making something out of nothing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. That's that's very nicely put. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. So thanks again to Lucas. Really appreciate it. Oh, you know what? Before we leave our our conversation with Lucas, Lucas made a promise to me. <laughs> he laid it down on wax. He did. He did. He did. So I was bugging him about the whiskey jubilee. And here's what Lucas had to say. Whiskey Jubilee may be on the calendar. Yeah. Wink, nudge, yeah, yeah. nudge, I'll, nudge, I'll, say no more. I'll try. I'll do my best. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I mean, I've, I've been trying to get to Whiskey Jubilee probably, you know, since year one, yeah. since the very first show, but it just hasn't, it just hasn't happened for me yet. Since you ask and since you're recording, um, <laughs> I, I, I'll commit to putting this firmly back on the radar. Okay, I was going to keep that off of re off record, but now that you said it like that, it's staying right on. Very, very good, very good. Hold me to it. So that brings us very nicely very to nice. this week's news segment. I'm interrupting you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, 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 read all about it. Fucking <laughs> So we've been keeping you abreast of our retail launch. I see what you did there. <laughs> Explain to me after the podcast okay. um, with pictures. So we came into the United States. We cleared customs. We got into our own warehouse. This is our retail line that you're talking about? This is our retail line. Oh, That's right. what this segment is focused about. All right, yeah. And we started shipping it. And it got to California fast. You made your wonderful geography point in the last Thank you. Uh, podcast Thank that you. California is closer to California than it is to New York. So that was, we learned a lot. Yeah, we laughed, <laughs> we cried, we learned. Let me just, just quickly, thank you. 
Thank you. Continue. That, that was yeah, you're so sweet to me these days. It's one of your great failings. You take compliments where there aren't any. It's... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, so, so yes. Yeah, so uh, JVS, yeah, is our California distributor. That's correct. And they have sold out of their allocation. Am I correct in saying yeah. that all? has been on store shelves and is now starting to sell out on store shelves. Yeah, so what you, you know, if you if you're in California, give look up JVS Distribution and uh, you can give them a call and and they may be may be able to let you know where where the whiskey is. If you are in New York, New Jersey, uh, or Connecticut, our distributor there is Skernick Wines. And they're still selling our stuff to retail shops and to bars. So if you go into your favorite retail shop and you do not see Single Cast Nation whiskeys there, let your shop owner know that Skernick is the distributor and uh, and that you want our whiskeys. In Massachusetts, our distributor is M.S. Walker. And um, so go to your favorite shop there. Though I can tell you there are key shops in, in Massachusetts that they are known to be the whiskey shops and chances are you're going to find the, the, the whiskeys there. Massachusetts is such a small state. So given that we're obviously talking around a 900 pound gorilla that happens to have wandered into our podcast recording session, do we want to tell people why we're not naming retailers and instead tell them to go to their favorites and contact their distributors? Well, I think the fact of the matter is that we just don't want to show favoritism to to anyone. You know, once once we once we bring the whiskey in and it's sold to our distributors, it's really on our distributor to 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 work that. And the last thing I want to do is say, "Hey, go get your whiskey here." Yeah. Because yep. the other shop will say, "Why didn't you name me?" Yeah. You know, what what am I, chopped liver? Uh, so, you know, the, the, we don't want to upset anyone. So what we say is you may have a favorite shop that isn't that 900-pound gorilla. Uh, and that shop can get you the whiskey just as easily as, as you know, someone else could. So go, go, to your, go to your retailer. If you don't see our whiskeys, ask for it. Um, again, M.S. Walker in Massachusetts. And then in Illinois, uh, B.C. Merchants is our distributor in Illinois. And um, you, you will definitely see our whiskeys there. There's obviously one massive player in the state that I don't even need to mention the name. Uh, but there are some other um, smaller stores that are just as amazing um, that, that will have our bottlings too. So BC Merchants and Illinois. And there you go. That's it. Pretty tidy. Um, just emphasis on it is starting to sell out. Um, if you are looking for the Ben Nevis eight-year-old, that was the Skernick exclusive. So reach out to stores in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut to get your hands on that exclusive. Yeah, so actually that parlayed pretty well into – parlay, by the way, is my podcast word of the day. I think I've used it seven times. <laughs> and now you're going to edit out six of them so that this comment makes no sense at all um are you, were you going to say it parlays into a question that we got from nation member praveen yeah yeah that came in yesterday i think uh first thing this morning oh there you go 
not that any of this makes a difference when people are downloading this at some point in the future. The exact moment we got this email really doesn't affect their day-to-day existence. I think it does. I think it does. Uh, None at all. So this came in this morning at 6.37 a.m. Yeah. Tuesday, May 9. Um, So Nation member Praveen wrote in to say, I'm a single cast Nation member. How can I buy whiskey from a retail shop? And very, very simple. Uh, Single cast Nation retail exists completely separately from single cast nation online membership. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so walk into your favorite liquor store, as Josh has been describing, uh, ask them if they've got the new single cast nation retail releases. And if they say yes, purchase it. And if they don't, please feel free to request it from them. Uh, single cast nation online membership bottlings will remain online yeah. uh, sold at singlecastnation.com and shipped directly to you so yep. they exist two very very different realms do you want a tissue for your nose there no i'm okay just wipe it on, right. on the back of my hand i'm good oh, just wipe it on the microphone everything's good there we go so there you go end of news section <laughs> Jason. Joshua. Hey, I wanted to take us into the misconceptions portion of this podcast. Good, good. It's about bloody time. (laughs) Interestingly, though, uh, similar to the email that we received from Praveen, who his question fit nicely along with our news, right? It fit just right. Yeah, this question from Josh Grill fits really nicely into our our misconceptions portion of the podcast. Would you like me to read his question? Let let me give it a little read, since since he's never heard his question in a Scottish accent. Gentlemen, a question for the podcast, or in general? Mm. Hashtag, why not both? (laughs) I was at home recently. Looking at the latest single cast nation releases. These are the online releases of Glen Murray 12 and Lefroig 5. Both yielded exactly 312 bottles. Any thoughts on how a 12 year old that spent time in two casks yielded the same as that beautiful young Isla. Yeah, this this gets us into a conversation that we have had multiple times over the years. Recently, it came up on our Single Cast Nation Facebook page via Bozzy, right? Mm-hmm. He touched on this. It also came up in a recent tasting I did in, in Massachusetts at, at Bikram Shop. Again, that's another name that, that comes up quite a lot on the podcast but it was the question of what is a single cask yeah yeah yeah, it follows us around doesn't it yeah the general question is what what constitutes a single cask now typically a single cask or if you have a bottle that says single cask let's say it that way so a bottle that states single cask first and foremost you have whiskey that spent X number of years in a single cask and was then bottled, okay? That is, without a doubt, a single cask. Then you have finishing, right? So, a little peek behind the curtain. If you have a whiskey that started its life off in bourbon but ended its life in Madeira, like our Glen Murray, 
you would you would call that a finished cask, right? But if you had that same cask that started its life off in bourbon but was transferred into another bourbon cask for whatever reason, maybe they needed to move it into something that was less active or more active to give the whiskey a little more flavor, you can still call that single cask. You're not calling it finishing because it's going from one cask to the next, same cask style. Where it gets a little controversial, and and, and, and Josh, we will get to your question here, um, but where, where it gets a little controversial, and here's here's the misconception part of it, and, and, I'm, and I'm not sure if we are going to have a final answer uh, you know, to, to this, but then we'll, we'll, we'll certainly have our own company we, position, which we, exactly. We will have our company position. <laughs> so there are some that would argue that a finished cask is not a single cask. Mm. And that's where, that's where we sort of put out the, uh, the old red octagonal sign and say, stop, hold on. What's being bottled? Our company position is we bottle single casts of whiskey that taste really good. How it ended up tasting so good, we almost don't care. So when it comes to this Glen Murray 12-year-old that, that Josh Grill is talking about that spent six years in, in bourbon, six years in, in Madeira, we bottled that single Madeira cask. We yeah, call I- yeah. Go ahead. I'd be careful in saying we don't care. Really? I think you're, yeah, because I think you're talking about two different aspects of it. I think on one of the aspects, you're talking about the process of it. We, we don't care that it moved from cask X to cask Y. Exactly. That's Maybe what it meant. moved yeah. on into cask Z. But we do care that it was in first fill bourbon. We do care that it was in first fill Madeira. Uh, there's, uh, yeah. you know, there's the story of that whiskey is very important. But the part we don't care about is the process. Yeah. They, thank, thank you for in clarifying In the warehouse. That. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. That's why I'm here. The, the process that took it to the point where we said, this is a great single cask of whiskey that we want to bottle, that part we don't care about. The cask provenance we most definitely care about. So the question then becomes, to some people, is that still a single cask? Right, because it went from one style to the next, or in the case of this twelve-year-old Glenn Murray, and you know, again, us being honest, transparent, peek behind the curtain, the whole thing with this particular cask. The reason why we got three hundred and twelve bottles out of it was that this that Madeira cask was filled with six-year-old ex-bourbon juice that was a few casks married together. And then they filled that Madeira cask to the rim. So when you're looking at our five-year-old Laphroaig at 312 bottles, it would make sense that our the six-year-old portion of that maturation process with the Glen Murray would also give you a similar number of bottles. So that's why you're seeing 312 from the Glen Murray 12-year-old and 312 from the Laphroaig 5-year-old. That ex-bourbon juice was the a marriage of casks that was then filled into the, the Madeira cask. So there you go. There's an answer to a question. 
there. Do you, do you want to pick apart some of that misconception a little bit of of what is a single cast? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> All right, fair enough. There we go. Uh, only because for some people it, it can become very controversial, mm. and and for me it's not a controversial issue. Um, I think there's a a little bit of the controversy is driven by people thinking secrets happen in warehouses. And it's just not the case that the warehouse is trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. The warehouse is in the business of warehousing. And warehousing is a very unsexy, mostly uninteresting enterprise. Mm -hmm. And if you've got space issues within your warehouse and nobody's building a new one you need to figure out how to get more maturing whiskey into the space that you currently have and if that involves emptying some casks that are you know evaporating quickly or leaking or or what have you um you just go out and do your job um you're not worried about you know the sacred nature of a single cask yeah, yeah. And you, you either accept that or you don't. Uh, and, and I very happily accept it. Um, I know the people who are warehousing, um, and I know that they're taking care of their jobs. So, yeah. <laughs> it, as soon as you said there, there's nothing very sexy about warehousing, mm-hmm. those warehousemen that you know stopped listening to this podcast. <laughs> they just shut it off. <laughs> But but that but that you know that is a, a a very interesting and valid point. There is a tremendous, and we've used this word before. There's a tremendous amount of romanticism behind what gets in that bottle. Yep, yep. But yeah, and the, what happens in that warehouse? Right, and and what happens in that warehouse? But in the end, so much of what happens in that warehouse is a little thing that we like to call logistics. It, and it's it's as easy as that. Now, magic does happen in casks, right? And it, it, logistics or no, magic does happen. There's a reason why we, we tasted this Glen Murray in a Madeira cask and said, holy cow, we've, you know, we, we've got to bottle this. That's, that's just the magical part. But there's so much just day-to-day warehouseman work that, that comes into play. Yeah, that's been one of the most interesting things for me in getting into the industry is realizing that, you know, making whiskey is a job. Having said all of this, you and I can both attest to still getting stupidly giddy over having a chance to bottle some of our whiskey, right? When we were in Kentucky and and we bottled our our Wild Turkey Jubilee, and and there we are... it was excitement. Meanwhile, the people ro- working the bottling line were like, I get a break? <laughs> <laughs> Stick that up under there. I'll be over here having yeah. a cup of tea and a yeah. cigarette. And meanwhile, we're doing the best. This is the best work ever. It's, it's, it's great, you know? And, and, and so... <laughs> I do feel hopelessly patronizing, though, that when when we have those types of moments where we're like, hee hee, I could do this all day. Woohoo. And folk are like, you want to do it all day? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, e- e- even knowing this stuff, 
you know, you go to a distillery or you go to a bottling hall or you go into a warehouse and it doesn't mean that there isn't magic there. There's plenty uh, of, of magic, but, but there's also logistics that get us to uh, 312 bottles for a 12-year-old and 312 bottles for a 5-year-old. Yep. Um, that's just what happens. I think we've covered everything. Uh, we, we've talked with Lucas, right? We definitely did yeah. talk with Lucas. We talked around our talk with Lucas. <laughs> we definitely did that. That that is the one thing I'm certain of coming out of today's podcast. We talked about how you love to suck it. I do love to suck it, you cheeky monkey. <laughs> and we talked news. We talked misconceptions. What we didn't mention, though, is how people you know if people want to contact us. Hmm. Right. Yeah, there's we ways, are there's ways to do that. There are there are multiple ways. Um, yeah, drop us an email. Questions at one nation under whiskey dot com. Does uh, we, does whiskey have an? Sorry, does whiskey I, have an e in it? Or I, no? I believe you've told me once or twice that there's no e in whiskey, which is funny. I don't even contemplate it. For me, whiskey doesn't have an e, so it's a it's a strange question. It's like, does your name Joshua have a capital J? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so questions at one nation under whiskey. Yep. I, I know that we're on Twitter at One Nation Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Without an E, yeah. I know that we're on the face place. Yes. Just search for One Nation Under Whiskey. Yep. You can Inst- also search for Single Cast Nation while you're there. Instagram. Instagram. What are we there? Are we also One Nation Whiskey? At One Nation Under Whiskey. Oh, we got the fool on that one. Yeah, we got the. I I told you this last week, but you don't remember things. Wow, <laughs> I don't. I really don't listen. I'm a terrible listener. Jason, before we leave, yes, Joshua, I am. I'm extremely. Happy? I'm happy. How could you? You tell? look happy. I look happy. I feel happy. Do you That's know, good. You know what I'm happy about. You know what I am excited about. I do because I share your excitement and your happiness. Yeah. Yeah. So this this excitement and happiness is all around the fact that on iTunes, we have been receiving stellar five-star reviews and wonderful written comments about how people are digging the podcast. It has been tremendous. And I was even encouraged to remind the listeners by one of our listeners that no matter how you listen to our podcast you can still go on to iTunes and give a five star review write a a, a very quick happy comment please definitely tell friends about us Um, but no it's coming together lovely the fact that people are resonating with what we're doing when we do it that we do Is magnificent and absolutely magnificent. You know what I want to tell everybody that anytime and every time they give us a five star review or give a written comment, an angel gets its share. Oh, I see what you did there. See that? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to use the same old angel gets its wings, Jimmy Stewart, you know, blah blah blah. Because I know you hate Christmas, she's the only Scott that I know hates Christmas. You, sir, are leading the war against Christmas. <laughs> this is taking a very dark turn. Yeah. Are you are you are you auditioning for Bill O'Reilly's slot? <laughs> <laughs> is that what's happening right now? 
Yeah, and I think it's working. We're going to do it live. What does that mean, play it out? How are we going to play it out? <laughs> Jason, <laughs> I think you and I are having too much fun. So <laughs> We should let these kind people go. We should. Should we? Yes, Joshua. <laughs> I'll miss them, though. I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss everyone. Especially you. Liz Katie. You're one. Who else? Natalie. James Arthur Foster. Jim Hendigus. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. All right. So, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to Episode 7. We'll see you in a couple weeks for Episode 8. Appreciate your time. Do you have any closing words, Jason? Yeah, you you always close by saying that we will see you. And given that we're a non-video podcast, we will not see anything. But we will be back with episode eight in two weeks. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm not going to see any one of these people. Do you know I what? You could, uh, what? 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 You said, do you know what? And I said, what? Oh. Cheers, everybody. What? <laughs> Why are you still signing off? I <laughs> top five times. This Don't is like you have Lord a of the Rings to go to? No, no. This is this is the Lord of the Rings signing off. <laughs> this is much more like. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. And then you move towards the cradle. Did you, you say Did you? Oh, you didn't hang up. <laughs> Oh, young love. Young <laughs> Cheers, everybody.